This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Paracast this week, we have invited back Joshua Cutchin, and he's got a new book out for anomalous books called The Brimstone Deceit. Uh oh. Yes. We're in trouble now. <laughs> now, we had him on last year for a book called A Trojan Feast. The food and drink offerings of aliens, fairies, and Sasquatch, and it's definitely not from Wendy's or McDonald's. If they follow cultural memes, maybe it is these days. <laughs> or strawberry ice cream, right? Oh, I haven't had strawberry ice cream in a long time. <laughs> me, me neither. Well, I want to keep my weight low. As you get older, you know, everything you eat piles it on, so that's part of it right there. But before we get started with a new book, let's kind of recap for listeners who may have just recently joined us where you got started with looking at foods right well it was uh you know i'd had a long-standing interest in the intersection of uh fairy folk tales and the sort of ufo phenomena in general and i was always very keenly aware of the taboo that existed in fairy folk tales that if you were to take food from the fairies you would be trapped with them forever and I was wondering, you know, if that had any sort of a uh, corollary in abduction reports, because I did know that people were offered uh, substances sometimes in abduction reports. But my real light bulb moment was when I was reading uh, J. Robert Alley's Raincoast Sasquatch. And in that particular book, he mentions how uh, certain First Nations people uh, from Alaska felt that if you took food from a bookwuss, which was a, a woodman, uh, you know, basically a Sasquatch, that you would be trapped with the bookwuss forever. And I said to myself, aha, perhaps there's something here. So I uh, just pulled on that thread and an entire book just sort of fell out of it. Wow. To me, it's just fascinating when you uh, when you start looking at cross you know, uh, phenomena and Looking at at those linkages, linkages and and points of connection, Jacques Vallée, of course, pointed out many of them in, you know, his seminal book, Passport to Magonia. Um, right. One of my favorite uh, books was at Fairy Faith in, in Celtic Countries. There's numerous mm-hmm. examples of you know warnings about food and drink and and uh, the wee folk. And then when you really start digging, like you did, you you find that there's examples that that kind of bridge the gap, whole set of potential paranormal phenomena and another. And uh, it's, it's fascinating to me. And anything that's tactile, anything that has to do with, you know, sight, hearing, touch, smell, I think has, has been kind of overlooked, don't you think? Uh, you know, you have a lot of, you know, obviously uh, people wanting, you know, descriptions of uh, events, but, you know, seldom do you get into that whole area of, you know, special kinds of sounds, smells, and and uh, in the case of your last book, in, in taste. And it's it just fascinating to me. And I really applaud your approach. Well, I appreciate that. No, it's absolutely been neglected for, for, far, for far too long. 
you know, it's it's kind of interesting. I remember the first time that I approached Patrick Weege with Anomalous Books about a Trojan Feast. He said, I don't know if there's enough here. It sounds kind of like a thin concept. And he came back and he's like, oh, wow, there's so much here. And uh, sure enough, you know, my my philosophy that emerged out of that book was to look at the, the uh, insignificant things that people don't tend to look at, because I think that perhaps we might get some greater insight by looking at those things. So when I started doing this book on, uh, you know, smells of supernatural entities of all, of all types, again, Patrick was like, I don't know if there's much here to, to work on you know <laughs> and once he saw my outline it's like oh this is great go ahead it's so great to have a uh, someone who's who uh, who believes in me like patrick does i really appreciate it well patrick yeah, is a unlike a lot of publishers he's deeply immersed in these subjects now a couple of things always come to mind to me when you say foods and smells that is in connection with paranormal events the onset of the odor of burnt sulfur now this is kind of like covering old ground again, but it's where things begin. In fact, one of the wacky talk show hosts on the same network we're on was saying that two people in American politics carry that odor. I don't want to say who they are, but where did this come? Because this goes back to the days of John Keel and earlier, where when something's about to happen, you always have this odor. Yeah, I think that everybody involved in politics smells that way, but <laughs> but that's just my own personal opinion. Yeah, and they have a lot of flies surrounding them. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, it's really interesting. After sort of looking at all the data for a lot of different subjects, this concept of sulfur, brimstone, uh, kept on coming back up time and again. Um, probably not a majority of cases, but definitely a plurality of cases, hands down. It really is ammunition for a lot of people who tend to take a more uh, spiritual uh, angle to the paranormal because they can say, oh, look, these gray aliens smell like sulfur. That must mean that they're demons. I don't necessarily think that's the case. Um, but it is interesting to see sort of a continuum of this concept of foul smells emerging from medieval times being associated with the devil and sort of being that, that, that attribute being transferred over into demons, into gray aliens, into Sasquatch, and even into other things like Men in Black or uh, the Black Eyed Kids. Um, but it's really interesting to see that sort of Evolution, And I really think that perhaps one of the originations of this sort of meme or trope of, of sinister entities smelling like brimstone um, really is sort of an evolution of, you know, people in a simpler time trying to describe interactions with these Magonian phenomena. But obviously, if they're smelling that, it has to have a basis. It's not just, well, this is what they must smell like because they are this kind of creature. It is the cause there being you've got this odor as an onset. Once you s smell it, something is going to happen. Right. So that's that's the real question is, is there any sort of extra meaning to this to this commonality? Um, and, you know, throughout the years, different people have, have proposed different things. Um, I know that John Keel was a fan of the idea that perhaps some sort of giant uh, release of energy in the atmosphere uh, when certain when certain phenomena manifest, uh, perhaps could generate some sort of. Uh, expulsion of hydrogen sulfide. Um, folklorically, it's really interesting because if you look at sulfur, which doesn't have a smell, actually, by the way, anytime you smell sulfur, it's either burning or uh, it's it's actually a compound that you smell. So burning sulfur re releases hydrogen uh, releases uh, sulfur dioxide. So that's what you smell. A pure sulfur actually doesn't have a scent. But it's interesting because you know in antiquity, it was used as a fumigant. Um, it was used to cleanse. So when uh, you know if you look at the uh, you know, the, the, the Christian Bible, 
whenever you know Satan was cast into the lake of fire and sulfur, it wasn't like some place that he wanted to go. It was God's attempt to cleanse him. Um, if you look in certain Hebraic texts as well, God's breath was referred to as being like sulfur. So that's really where we get the sort of evolution of this sulfur idea. Sulfur isn't the smell of demons and the devil. It's the smell of God's attempt to cleanse the devil, which I thought was an interesting angle that I hadn't really yeah, ever heard anybody wow. talk about before. I, I'd never heard that. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's this is the sort of reason this anti-fumigant, anti-microbial quality is the reason that sometimes you find like face creams and whatnot that actually have uh, sulfites in them. It's, it's that same that same property that 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 makes them valuable in the cosmetic industry. Well, the thing well, about the cosmetic industry, I always that- argue with my wife about this, is that they take something where the raw materials cost like ten cents and they sell it for fifty dollars. That's capitalism. <laughs> that definitely smells like sulfur. <laughs> or worse. <laughs> Don't want to get I was there yet. Say, I had a college roommate that uh, I'll tell you, you had to keep him away from Mexican food because the H two gas would just. Oh man, I'll tell you, I I, <laughs> I literally had to leave the uh, uh, the basement apartment that we shared uh, on a number of occasions. I, I think it was just him. He had he had you know just an unfortunate uh, kind of uh, problem, and um, it really didn't help with dating. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you get some really strange kind of women. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's kind of invariably what would happen. And um, They have a website I, for that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, you know, another thing that, um, you know, just, just to go kind of with that that particular, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about smells here. You know, there's combinations of smells, too. And, uh, you know, I often have wondered as you pointed out earlier, uh, sometimes it's very difficult to describe a smell or the quality of, uh, of a taste. I mean, it's, it's something that's, it's difficult to language. And I'm wondering if possibly we're dealing with a single, uh, type of, of, of smell, or we're dealing with a combination of smells or possibly the mis kind of languaging of, of trying to describe these things. We'll pick up on this, our next segment. With Joshua Cutchin joining Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's L-E-M-K-E soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Attention small business owners. Want to save money on your employee health insurance plan? Learn the little-known solution that could save thousands of dollars on your health insurance benefits and save your employees money, too. 
Call Health Markets for a free consultation, and one of our 3,000 local agents will show you how to make health care reform work for you. We'll design customized solutions for your business that can lower health care costs for you and your employees. We'll work directly with you to determine your needs. We search thousands of health plans from over 180 health insurance companies nationwide. You'll also find out if tax credits could save you money. Best of all, the service is free of charge. See why Health Markets has enrolled Americans in more than 2 million insurance policies. You don't have to wait for open enrollment to lower your cost. Call now. Find out how much you and your employees could be saving. Representatives are standing by to assist you. Call 800-930-5137. That's 800-930-5137. 800-930-5137. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack Technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready to eat right from the pack bacon or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. You see, Chris is now sounding like a certain politician talking during the debate. <laughs> and people tell us we don't want to hear about politics, and they're just enters into it before we have joshua's answer let's give you this answer if you want the commercial free version of this show join paracast plus at plus.theparacast.com plus.theparacast.com what it means is you get this show ad free the paracasts after the paracast podcasts and lots of other good stuff for a low subscription rate plus.theparacast.com it is the brimstone deceit joshua cutchin is the author And Chris asked a question about languaging in our previous segment. Joshua? 
That's an excellent point. And olfactory scientists actually have a term for this. They refer to it as the tip of the nose phenomena. Basically, what it means is that is that even though you don't forget a smell once you've smelled it, sometimes it's not only a difficult to create a scent picture in your mind, but sometimes it's difficult to identify it. You can often identify it as comparing it to something else. I think your idea about a sort of one singular common scent uh, does have some real basis. What was interesting to me is how often scents that aren't explicitly noticed as sulfur often have sulfur undertones for the reason that they are malodorous in the first place. Human beings are so keenly in tune with the smell of sulfur, it's almost like these things want to utilize it as a way of being noticed. For example, hydrogen sulfide, which is the rotten egg smell that is probably one of the more common scents that you find. If you were to take an eyedropper full of ink and you were to put one drop of that ink into a semi, a liquid container of a semi truck, that's twice the concentration at which we can smell hydrogen sulfide. We can actually smell that 0.47 parts per billion, if I recall correctly. Um, so it's, it's one of these extreme melodors components that we're all really hardwired to detect. And what's interesting, if you look at other people, other descriptions that people use in the paranormal, not only sulfur, but they say, well, you know, it smelled like decomposition. Well, <laughs> there are a lot of different components in that sort of rotten meat, rotten tissue smell, but a lot of sulfur compounds are part of that. If you look at some people who in some cases say it smelled like burning rubber, a couple of UFO cases like that, well, <laughs> you know, sulfur is used to vulcanize rubber. If you look at people who say it smelled like, you know, there I have a case from, I believe, Massachusetts that said that a UFO smelled like household uh, gas. Well, household gas doesn't smell. We deliberately add methane thiol to household gas to make it smell, to you know, to provide a warning. Um, skunk spray, even. The primary uh, malodorous component in, in skunk spray is also sulfur-based as well. So there really is this sort of sulfuric undercurrent throughout a lot of these cases, more so than I think people even realize. Just to kind of rewind here a little bit, you said that we are able to smell parts per billion? Oh, yeah. When it comes yeah. to this particular smell, because I, I'd never heard that. I heard that we were able to, to smell parts per million, but you're saying that like a certain smell like that, we can actually even smell even less yeah. of it. Wow, yeah, I mean, that, it's, that's it's amazing. Point- 0.47 parts per billion, so half of a part per billion. It's 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 amazing, um, and part of the reason for that is because hydrogen sulfide is you know actually a fairly toxic gas. I mean you know in theory, any gas can be toxic if you're not getting enough oxygen. But hydrogen sulfide is it's a real dangerous smell. The good news is that if you're smelling it in an encounter, it probably means it has not reached that dangerous threshold because when it is above that dangerous threshold, you actually become desensitized to it and you can't even smell it at all. Oh wow! Well, I knew that there, are, for instance, bloodhounds have been. Somehow they've calculated they're able to smell parts per trillion. And bears are another example of a of an animal that can have extremely acute senses of smell. I think a bear can smell something downwind up to five miles. <laughs> yeah, there's a statistic that was that I got from a guy at the uh, Sensory Research Institute of Florida State University that said that canine noses are ten thousand to a hundred thousand times as acute as human noses. So if you were to take that analogy to your vision, even if it's just ten thousand times better. What you and I can see at a third of a mile, a dog could see at 3,000 miles away. <laughs> this is interesting here. It's Since you brought that up, I was thinking about the canine species in general. When humans are confronted with this burnt odor situation, this burnt sulfur odor, how do canines react when this happens? 
Well, you know, it's interesting. I have a little bit of a theory that all paranormal activities smell, just perhaps they might smell at a threshold that humans can't detect, which might be a reason why pets seem to respond to paranormal activity or why pets seem to see things that aren't there or react to things that aren't there. Um, It's interesting. You know, specifically germane to the question of this sulfuric smell, it's quite common to have dogs that are trained to track that will just sit down and stop when confronted with Sasquatch smell. I think it's interesting to couple that with the information that or the with the knowledge that certain smells that Sasquatch are said to emanate are often used as dog repellents. Like you often hear about, uh, you know, a Sasquatch that smelled like ammonia or like a very strong urine smell. Well, ammonia is a great dog repellent. If you ever want a dog to not dig on a certain part of your lawn, just spray it with ammonia. Because what happens is their sense of smell is so sensitive that that actually, the the, the, the whiff of that actually irritates their trigeminal nerve and ends up keeping the dog from, from digging at all. Um, so it's interesting. It seems like there is some sort of interface between these smells and the reaction of small animals to them. Yeah, I, I made the mistake of, uh, of trying to combat a, uh, a rash of uh, bear garbage uh, <laughs> rummagings in, in the town I lived in in Colorado. I, after about the third or fourth night, I, I went out and sprayed ammonia on the uh, on my you know my trash, and uh, <laughs> the bear said, "Well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to break into your house and." And go right into your refrigerator. So, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and with, with me and my girlfriend in the house, she woke me up at one point and said, Honey, there's something in the kitchen, and I think it's bigger than a raccoon. Sure enough, you know, as a result, I, I it's hard not to make the leap, but as a result of, of just getting fed up and, and really assaulting the bear's nose, because ammonia will literally render them without the ability to smell for even a day or two. The bear just basically said, well, uh, you're going to ratchet it up. I'm going to ratchet it up right back. So, you know, it brings up another interesting point that, uh, you know, we do get reports from time to time of um, what people describe as aliens or ETs as having a, an ammonia smell. Have you kind of looked into that and uh, do you have any theories about what that could be due to or um, how, how often does that crop up in your research? Again, I, I discussed this idea earlier about plurality versus majority. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, if Hillary gets 51% of the vote, she's got a majority. If she gets 40% of the vote, but you know the remaining 60% is split two ways, then she has a plurality. So the most, but not a majority. From what I can tell, sulfur in all these cases, is it pretty much represents a plurality. And if you look at the other, uh, probably the second most common category, specifically in UFO and uh, UFO and uh, abduction cases. Uh, ammonia is, is a very common outlier as well, in addition to ozone. For example, I believe it was in the uh, the uh, Virginia UFO case, uh, some of the young girl witnesses said that they saw like this devil uh, crouching in a corner of a vacant lot that smelled like ammonia or sulfur. Again, that frustrating thing where <laughs> these are two very different smells, but people tend to conflate them and it sort of gets it's difficult to parse it all out. Um, as far as why that might happen, I have some suspicions about well, basically, if you look at the if you look at the data, the two main categories of these smells are sulfur smells and not sulfur smells. And it's interesting to note that all a lot of the not sulfur smells are typically very strong stimulants of the trigeminal nerve, which is a nerve. Um, if you've ever taken a big whiff of vinegar, you've felt your trigeminal nerve activate. It's what's actually one of the largest nerves in the face, and I think that has probably a little bit too much to go into here, and it sort of gives away the, some of my conclusions of the book, but uh, I think that the fact that you have all these other smells having that strong trigeminal stimulant component says something about their purpose. Let's break it here, guys. we got more to come with Joshua Cutchin. It doesn't smell 
with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. Now there's finally a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP. And if you're one of the first 100 callers, you can try Transcend risk-free for 10 days. So call now, 1-800-441-0335. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. To guarantee your 10-day in-home trial, you must be one of the first 100 callers to call minicpap.com now. 1-800-441-0335. Again, that's 1-800-441-0335. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves, home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn 
learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, this is not a malodorous show, despite what you think, ladies and gentlemen. We have a few critics out there who want to say all sorts of wacky stuff about us. But no, we've got Joshua Cutchin. And when it comes to various odors, particularly burnt sulfur, ammonia, etc., in connection with the paranormal, all bets are off. You want to go on with what you were talking about in our previous segment before we had a break? Um, sure, certainly. So I think that it's interesting that you have these sulfurous smells that sit at basically the opposite end of the spectrum from a lot of these other smells that are strong components of the trigeminal nerve. And I think that I think that whenever you're dealing with any of this stuff, especially the UFO phenomena, but pretty much any of it, spirits, UFO, Sasquatch, you have to assume some degree of intentionality. Because especially, again, in the case of the UFO phenomena, it whatever it is, it's very much in control of how it's seen and how it's noticed, etc. And to assume that the smell isn't isn't deliberately controlled or isn't <laughs> to assume that whatever intelligence this is doesn't realize that it smells to high heaven, I think is a bit naive. Let me ask you briefly here. We described these specific odors. And the question I have is, are we interpreting something that we really don't have the answer for, but we think it has to be burnt sulfur or something else? That maybe there is a odor there that just is so alien to us, we have to simplify it, or our noses do. So that seems like a very likely case until you really dig down into some of the literature. Um, I mean, obviously, in Western society, heavily Christian society, Judeo-Christian society, that would be a self-reinforcing meme that people would say, oh, it it was evil, so it must have smelled bad. But um, there are plenty of cases from around the world where people will still describe this sulfurous smell. Um, For example, in uh, July 1979, there was a young girl named Sunin Bomek, um, who claimed, along with several other villagers, that I believe she was in a schoolhouse and uh, there was a UFO that ended up like basically tearing the roof off of her school. And she said that um, her school, and she said that she fell over a metal sheet, but actually smelled a smell in the air that smelled like a burning smell like gunpowder. So that's obviously not a Judeo Christian country. And that you still see this uh, same c- comparison reinforced in that in that particular culture. Now, one thing you say in the liner notes of your book, The Brimstone Deceit, you refer to the fact that smell is a sense ripe for deception. So if we can't trust our noses, what do we trust? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Smell, because of the way that we're wired, is is very closely tied to memory. Um, people have actually, there have actually been some studies that show a comparison between a diminishing sense of smell and a correlation between that and Alzheimer's. So, you know, something that Terrence McKenna used to talk about was the inefficiency of language. And, uh, 
how, you know, basically I had to say something and you had to check your little dictionary inside your head and make sure that it actually compared well. And as a, as a counter to this, he suggested telepathy or some sort of visual medium. He often invoked the idea of the octopus, which can change texture and color, etc., to sort of wear its feelings on its sleeve. That's a good solution. It's not the best solution, though, because if you think about the way that smell would interface with communication, it would just cut straight to your emotional center. You know, you wouldn't have, there, were, there would be no barriers with that. Um, and so in that case, if, a, if an intelligence were able to uh, if an intelligence were able to have some sort of access to your memories and they were able to incorporate a smell, they could actually really be quite manipulative in, in terms of conveying a message or in terms of making you feel a particular way. Yeah, that's and that's a really good point. And I think uh, when I'm thinking about the, the whole concept of memory and smell – you know, obviously, the first thing that a person does is, is think back, well, what's the earliest thing I can smell? And I can literally identify the earliest, um, you know, kind of memory that I have, actually, as a, as a very, very young child. And that is the smell of pickling. Uh, my grandmother used to, uh, <laughs> you know, do her own pickling. And whenever I, I smell you know, not necessarily your store-bought kind of, you know, filled with all sorts of chemicals and stuff, but whenever I, I smell fresh home pickling, it always brings back that memory that, that you know, I can almost equate as one of, one of my very, very earliest memories. And it's not sight, it's not feeling, it's smell. And uh, I think that's a really important point that should be underlined. Yeah, and it's completely involuntary. So, I mean, like, we spend all this time talking about screen memories and, oh, well, you know, the Greys decided to project, you know, to look into my mind and project this particular image that had meaning to me. But nobody ever really talks about the possibility that smell could could occupy that same that same position. Cadaverine and putrescine, which I, correct me if I'm wrong, are the two molecules that uh, give you the smell of dec decaying flesh, for instance, for cadaverine, and putrescine is the smell of, of uh, garbage, basically, of or you know organic plant matter um, decaying. Yeah, th those are those are, are primary, very powerful. Those are I'm sorry that you cut out my sort of ended up speaking over you. Um, but yeah, those are those are two very strong primary components of the smell of decay. They're also uh, present in halitosis, actually. Um, but, you know, it's sort of a <laughs> decay itself is sort of a bouquet. Um, it's, you've got cadaverine, you've got putrescine, um, you've got uh, methanthyl again, dimethyl sulfide, dimethyl trisulfide, and hydrogen sulfide uh, because of the way that the body breaks down. So, again, you see these, uh, you see these, <laughs> these sulfuric components. Um, two other components that are interesting in sort of that decay smell are scatol and indole. I'm not sure if you're familiar with either of those. but um, No, uh, say, say that again. Scatol and indole. Um, so scatol is interesting because uh, not only is it one of the reasons that feces smells distinct, but it actually is a strong component in jasmine. Um, and wow. if, you, if, if, you, if you have just a little bit too much scatol or indole in your jasmine scent, it sort of tips to the other way and it ends up smelling fecal. Um, which, of course, raises a whole host of other questions because one of the most common uh, spirit smells, ghost smells – are women's perfumes, and a lot of these, a lot of cases, have jasmine. And at the same time, you have these decay, you know, fecal smells too. So the, the line starts to blur. And again, it's this idea that perhaps there might be intelligences that could use these 
subtle differences to you know to impart unto witnesses their true nature, or or rather <laughs> even more frightening, their not true nature, being deceptive about it. You know, so if 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 I were an intelligence of some sort, and I'm being sort of vague with that term because I'm just tr- referring to all these Magonian phenomena. Um, and I wished for you to have a pleasant experience, I might, you know, use just the right amount of jasmine scent. And if, it, if I wished for you to have a, an unpleasant experience, I might tilt that balance in the other direction and actually, you know, make it smell foul. Because we can't separate um, foul smells from their, their connotations. It's, again, it's this instantaneous reaction that we all have. So yeah. you're trying to control people with their noses. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... it's <laughs> so there is plenty of evidence that this is this is a definite thing like people behave differently in a job interview when the uh when the interview room smells clean um there was actually a, a, a an ad campaign in new york where the opposing party handed out leaflets that smelled like garbage that said let's dump so and so so it's the idea that you, I mean, like it, we, we already are using as a species uh smells to manipulate people um, it's just so if, if we're doing that, wouldn't some sort of other intelligence, be it be it literally extraterrestrial, be it spiritual, whatever? It seems like they would definitely have caught on to that and would be using that to the to the best of their abilities to manipulate us. Now, one of the problems yeah. we have with modern paranormal events is the fact that most investigators, like MUFON, etc., they don't record the witness's state of mind or what they smelled or what headed up the perception of something strange there. How do we get people to look at that and pay serious attention? Because obviously there's a lot of importance attached to it. And other than books like yours, Joshua, it's a subject that doesn't really get a lot of coverage. The book, again, is called The Brimstone Deceit. (laughs) And the rear of the book, he's got the phrase, something foul this way comes Joshua Cutchin with Gene and Chris. You're in <laughs> Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.thepowercast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and 
and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Investment Rarities, a 43-year-old company, has created the best silver offer ever. Get a U.S. Silver Eagle, Canadian Maple Leaf, Austrian Philharmonic, OPM Pier Bar, and Silver Round. Have all five for $99 postpaid. You heard me right, five ounces of silver below cost. No credit card fees, free shipping. Just $99 and you'll have a great start on what it takes to survive even the worst economic storm. Act now and receive Jim Cook's exclusive paper explaining how it's possible to make a fortune in silver today. Don't miss this opportunity. Call 800-328-1860. Read how the above-ground supply of silver has dropped below even gold. The secret is being suppressed. The price could explode at any time. Call today at 800-328-1860. Get five ounces of silver for only $99. Find them on the web at investmentrarities.com or call 800-328-1860. Call now before it's too late. 800-328-1860. Has neck, back, or shoulder pain got you down? Go to sunshine-pillows.com and get soothing comfort, support, and pain relief fast. Their microwavable heat therapy pillows and wraps treat neck and shoulder pain, reduce stress, and relax the soul. An ergonomic pillow from Sunshine Pillows supports your head and neck on long trips or when simply resting at home. Be good to yourself. Visit sunshine-pillows.com, sunshine-pillows.com. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Chris is really busy there trying to find a way of saying the Paracast that conveys an odor. (laughs) The Paracast. (laughs) I was thinking of it this way, too. Say you have someone in your house. You have some guests, and you're getting tired of their presence. You know, it's time to go to bed it's time to do something else you want to get rid of them in a subtle fashion so what you spray some odor producing substance light a cigar (laughs) in theory but then again you know you've got this this adaptability that we have um anybody who's ever entered a stinky room knows that after some time you know you don't notice the stink anymore yeah, it's true. You uh, you become inured to it. You become used to it. But I'll tell you, there's one thing that uh, you know Isadora, my longtime uh, partner and girlfriend in Colorado, never got used to. In fact, she wouldn't even let me in the house uh, after coming back from a, a mutilated cow investigation where the cow had been possibly sitting in the sun for uh, an extra day too long. And 
there were a number of occasions where she literally would make me strip outside and she, you know, I just kind of hose myself off with some soap. And uh, there was one time it was so bad, I even had to burn my clothes or, you know, toss my clothes away. So <laughs> I, no. I, I'm not making that up. I mean, that out of no. all the, you know, investigations that I went on, my least favorite were, um, you know, overly necrotic uh, cows with hundreds of pounds of rotting flesh. And I'll tell you, those molecules are extremely powerful. And they somehow de- uh, smellify for lack of a of a better term you can try to deodorize yourself and i even had a, a little bottle of osium that that um you know is that spray uh you know odor neutralizer and i would try to do that and there were a couple times where even that didn't work and i i literally had to toss clothes and take cold showers with a hose outside i know uh, that you're telling the truth on that because i have reams of cases where people encountered smells and could not get it off of them i mean you look at um leroy leroy wallace's widow said that um Supposedly, after he went to clean up the crash site at Roswell, he came home and he had to strip off his clothes. He smelled like awful for like days and days and days. You find people who um, – plenty of Native American lore where people are abducted by Sasquatch and come back and they're ostracized by the tribe because of they smell so, so badly. Um, so this is a very common theme in a lot of these, um, these sort of uh, supernatural events. Yeah, that's uh, believe me. It's was my least favorite thing to have to deal with, and and you know I would I would have literally, and I still do, in my little kind of mock doctor's bag that I you know have ready to take out on on mu cases. Mm-hmm. Not so much anymore because I'm in Arizona where they're not reported that often, <laughs> and by choice I might add that I moved here. Uh, that was one of the reasons. What uh, about but- getting the odor out of the car? If it's on, in your clothing, do you find that it also? persists in your car yeah uh there were a number of cases where where that was an issue um and those little pine air fresheners uh (laughs) only work so well but (laughs) one thing i noticed here's a case that was very interesting uh one of my most high strange cases um you know i've i've mentioned it on the on the show a number of times but it was it was out of 200 cases this was one of five that was the most uh kind of hair-raising and and disturbing and uh, the animal wouldn't uh, rot. It was it was a calf, and it was pulled in during during the early spring into a heated garage. And coming back four days after uh, after the the fact, uh, there was still no smell of decay. I kind of summed up my courage and put my nose really close uh, to the animal, and I detected a, a a very interesting. The only way I can describe it is like a medicinal perfume. There were very, very few scent molecules, I think, in the air, but but the ones that were there were very powerful. And when I was driving away a couple of couple three hours later, I I noticed some hay that was on my my chest, and I kind of brushed it off, and I got a, a slight whiff of this medicinal, like a like a disinfectant perfume is the only way I can describe it. And there again, we go into the languaging problem, but. Whatever this uh, particular molecule was, it was extremely powerful. There weren't very many of them, but they they just had a, you know, a kind of an unnatural presence. Uh, they were so strong. Yeah, and the medicinal component uh, recurs quite a bit. Um, you know, it's interesting. There are several smell disorders which people cite in in you know sort of paranormal literature. Um, one of the things that people cite a lot, often is uh, phantasmia, and people erroneously cite phantasmia because 
a lot of times they'll say phantasmia is the smelling of of, of smells of, of ghost smells, but that's not true. Phantasmia is when you're in a room with three other people and you're like, I smell so and so. Don't you smell so and so? That's that's phantasmia, um, and often it's a sign of a of a more serious neurological neurological condition. But the reason that I bring it up is because um, there it's it's sort of alarming to someone who's interested in the paranormal. Um, a lot of the most common phantasmic smells in one study um, are often direct corollaries to what people smell in paranormal encounters. So burning smells, uh, rotten smells, uh, charring smells, or the reason that I brought this up, medicinal smells as well. But, you know, well, it, it's, what's it, interesting? It, it's a great people, band name. Phantasmia? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, uh, the uh, the epic one of the, the the opening epigraph of the book is uh is introduces a new concept, which is fortosmia, which is the smelling of things that aren't supposed to exist. Uh, interesting. I like that. You'd have a tough time trying to uh, describe that to somebody, though. That that particular smell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're leaving that one for you, Jane. That was your pickup line. <laughs> well, I know that comment just smells, sir. <laughs> I know there's so many easy puns to make and it's <laughs> like, I, I can imagine some like fifth grade kid getting a hold of my book and laughing at all the times that I have to talk about, you know, flatus or, <laughs> or some of these other things, but like, you know, you have to talk about it, you know, um, because again, one of the, the primary malodorous component in farts is hydrogen sulfide. It's not methane as people will suspect. Um, H2. <laughs> yep. Uh, H2S. 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 Um, there, there you yeah. go. But you know, it's, we have to talk about this. I think <laughs> one one of my one of the moments that I that I put in the book that I was just was just laughing at like what people were going to say about is um there was an Idaho witness who claimed to have encountered Bigfoot, and he he said that the smell reminded him of when he was a, a lamb farmer, and uh, whenever the sheep would give birth to a dead lamb fetus, that was the same smell. Ooh. Like. Man, that's so disgustingly evocative. Yeah. I never want to hear that again. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, it conjures up all sorts of uh, unpleasant uh, kind of very visceral sensations. You know, one thing that I've always been intrigued by um, as someone that spent, you know, a good, over the course of my life, quite a bit of time outdoors and, um, you know, being around uh, outfitters, trackers, um, you know, those sorts of people that are really, uh, really aware of their environment when they're out in the outdoors. And one of the things that I always found very fascinating is many wild animals, when they have young, uh, the young for the first few months of their life uh, lack a smell. As And obviously that's been developed, you know, over time as a you know, a mechanism to to hide offspring from, you know, possible predators. And, you know, for instance, deer and elk, uh, not only do they have dappled fur to help them blend into, uh, you know, the dappled sunshine going through, uh, you know, brambles or wherever they're being hidden, but they also uh, lack uh, a smell, which obviously is, <laughs> you know, increases their chances of, uh, you know, making it through those crucial few months at the beginning of their life. So I'm sure the reverse is true, too. Uh, you know, and I, I really am intrigued by the whole concept of of smell being used as a a form of manipulation or a form of of subterfuge by whatever intelligences are behind some of these um, types of uh, phenomenal events that we're talking about, and and um, I guess if you can hide 
your baby with uh, you know a lack of smell, you could uh, well basically uh, you know if you can hide the smell of your offspring as a some sort of, sort of defensive mechanism to program in smells uh, could be very very. Um, nefarious uh in terms of 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 taking people in in almost a subliminal way could be a uh, some form of of disinformation or programming in uh some sort of nefarious subterfuge excellent point yes indeed an excellent point and we'll have many more excellent points in a moment please check out plus.theparacast.com once again that's plus.theparacast.com that is the road to the Paracast Plus, our premium subscription service for a low fee. We give you the commercial free version of this show after the Paracast podcast and all sorts of other goodies. And if you go for a long term membership, you even get a selection of free ebooks at plus.theparacast.com. Leading us astray by smell with Joshua Cutchin, The Brimstone Deceits the Book with Gene and Chris, you're in. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. See, right now we're on 
over two dozen radio stations in the United States. And people will say, oh, my God, Gene and Chris are becoming like Howard Stern. I'm not going to say anything. Man, it took a lot to, to, to hold that back for the right moment. I've got a tuba up here, so we can we can make all sorts of fun noises. No, no we don't. Where's that whoopee cushion when you need it? <laughs> whoopee Goldberg has control, it. Gene. Yeah, whoopee after a night at the uh, the local Mexican restaurant. Oh, say yes. That was a showstopper. Right, you keep doing that, we're just going to have hours of silence. In fact, we're going to have a special episode of the PowerCast where we just don't talk. <laughs> that would be special, Gene. Like the John Cage version of the PowerCast. Yeah, right. That's a music, yeah. that's a music nerd joke. <laughs> right. What was it called? The Silent uh, Symphony or something, where he sat there for a half hour and didn't do a thing, and everybody kind of clapped at the end, thinking... That was different. <laughs> it was it was four four thirty three. It was it was four minutes and thirty three seconds of just sitting there at the piano. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we could we could go in many directions uh, with this particular subject, uh, and uh, you know your book does uh, you know kind of approach it uh, very methodically in terms of the types of, of smells, but. You know, the, the whole idea, again, of, of, of smell as a form of subterfuge or disinformation or programming in uncertainty into a particular, um, you know, phenomenal event, I've never really, really considered that before. And I, I, I think it's a, a very interesting concept of, of using a very primal uh, sense and using it to manipulate uh, the impact of, of a particular event. You know, I, I think we should uh, discuss that a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> well, honest. you know, that, that's, that's that, that, again, that's part of my goal. Like, I, I, I feel like, you know, the world doesn't need another Roswell book. What they need are books that talk about things that no one has thought about before. And that's sort of the, the, the niche that I hope that I'm carving out between, a, you know, a Trojan feast and this book. I'm just trying to get people to, I mean, you know, if 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 people take this concept and and run with other things, like, you know, something Tim Benal and I have kicked back and forth a lot is, you know, why doesn't someone write a book on the effect of UFOs on small animals, like, you know, on the effect of UFOs on pets? Like, there could be something really important in there. There could be something really fascinating in there, some sort of additional insight. Because, we, we, as I've been fond of saying, we keep on we're we're missing the. Uh, we're missing the forest for the trees to sort of invert that sort of old adage on its head. Um, we're too busy trying to solve the big question of what these phenomena are, as opposed to looking at little individual aspects of them and perhaps, you know, being able to, to spin those out into a more robust understanding of the phenomena as a whole. You see, he's trying the John Cage trick, Chris. <laughs> Or maybe we just lost him. I don't know. Well, he's been having weird problems with his connection. His internet connection smells. Oh, that's just a bad joke. <laughs> a little fishy. Yeah, very much so. One way to get rid of me, by the way, the smell of eggs, the smell of seafood. If it's really abundant, I'm elsewhere very quickly. So the reason that you associate rotten eggs with hydrogen sulfide is because hydrogen sulfide appears wherever there is decomposition in the absence of oxygen. So 
a rotten egg would definitely, you know, sort of fit that bill. But um, there's still a strong sulfurous component in eggs. Um, the actual, um, the a lot of the hard, rigid parts of the physiology of many animals, including eggshells, feathers, hair, fingernails, um, is due in part to uh, to keratin, which has sulfur as one of its primary components. It's the reason that, you know, whenever these components are burned, they smell as well. Speaking of odors and lack of odors, my dog Teddy Bear is a Bichon, and a Bichon is known not to have very much of a doggy odor or the kind of odor you attach to a dog. Is that a genetic issue or what? You know, the reason that dogs smell is because um, whenever they're Whenever they're wetted down, well, there are a couple of different components. So yeast and bacteria in canine fur actually create odiferous uh, volatile compounds, which are ended up, they, they get displaced and freed by the presence and evaporation of water. And there are also sebaceous glands that uh, that produce uh, sebum, is, is the actual name of the um the substance is type of oil. Um, so it helps the dog be waterproof, but it also gives them that, that nasty dog smell. Um so obviously certain brands, certain brands, <laughs> certain breeds have this problem more than others. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, uh, wet dog smell is one of the more common Sasquatch smells after, you know, this whole hydrogen sulfide rotten egg smell. Um, and it's interesting to note that of all the great apes, human beings might be one of the smelliest. Um, basically what that means is that, you know, if, if chimpanzees and gorillas took baths as frequently as we did, they might smell better than we do, <laughs> um, which is surprising. Um, but we have these same sebaceous glands as well. So the question is, is that if we are one of the smellier great apes and we have this sort of rotten egg sebaceous oil, um, not rotten egg sebaceous oil, but wet dog sebaceous oil oozing out of us, does that tilt the interpretation of Sasquatch into the uh, ape-like human versus human-like ape camp? I think there's there's something to be you know examined in that um, because you do you do run into this wet dog smell with uh, with Sasquatch quite a bit. Really, I wasn't aware of that. I I can't recall a single a wet fur. I've heard that, but but actually equating that smell to a dog smell, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, um, I mean, I I could I could go through some cases, but um, it was one of the more common ones that I found. Again, with Sasquatch, you run into this thing where uh, it's it's usually rarely ever just one thing. You know, it's wet dog that also smelled like you know a rotting corpse or something. Um, you know, a lot of Sasquatch reports from Alaska, especially in the Ketchikan area, um, have a real wet dog smell. Um, there was a couple in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania in the 70s who uh, saw a, uh, I believe it was a white Bigfoot that was rummaging through their garbage that smelled like uh, a skunk and a wet dog combined. So you do run into these cases from time to time. Um, you know, as far as Bigfoot goes, because like, let's face it, that's probably the smelliest thing. The book's three three main sections are spirits, UFOs, Bigfoot, and then I talk about like everything else, which is you know lake monsters, men in black, black eyed kids, etc. Um, but uh, Bigfoot Bigfoot has a reputation as being the stinkiest of the bunch, and uh, so with Bigfoot cases, you find this sulfurous smell, usually hydrogen sulfide, but you also find um, wet dog, skunk, decomposition, human body odor, and uh, ammonia or urine. These are all really common Bigfoot smells. Um, yeah, Bigfoot. It's it's like you know it's an embarrassment of riches when trying to to pin down the number of Bigfoot cases that involve a smell. Um, I know that John Green at one point said that there was there weren't that many cases that involved smell in Bigfoot, 
reports. But uh, and in my experience, that's not really the case. Now, of course, John Green was looking at Pacific Northwest Bigfoot. So, you know, when you bring in the skunk ape from Florida, like almost every skunk ape <laughs> encounter has definitely has a smell component. Is it partly because well, people don't ask that question? I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I wouldn't doubt it at all. Um, I mean, because we, we, we tend to undervalue smell in a lot of cases. Um, I, uh, we don't expect things to smell. And there's also this interesting trend as well where um, <laughs> Bigfoot tend to smell more when they've noticed the witness, if that makes any sense. Um, so you'll find cases where people claim to have been spying on a Bigfoot, but not smell anything versus cases where they look at a big, they turn around and a Bigfoot is staring at them and then they'll get this hit by the smell. But also there's this, there's this possibility that in some cases the smell will turn on and off just like a valve or like a, you know, a deliberate scent gland sort of thing. Um, which raises a whole nother host of questions. And hopefully this book is sort of like the definitive answer on whether or not Bigfoot have scent glands and if they do, what the implications of that are. The book is called The Brimstone Deceit. And Chris is thinking of some other possibilities as he gets ready to talk about it. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Podcast. <laughs> The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e soft.de slash Gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, we're talking with Joshua Cutchin, and the book is called The Brimstone Deceit. Chris? Talking about Bigfoot, I mean, one of the, probably the most well-known description of smells in the paranormal, if you want to equate Bigfoot with paranormal uh, events, is that whole aspect of smell. And from personal experience, I, I, you know, I've recounted my particular 1979, whatever this thing was, and it was one of the most unique uh, nastiest uh, smells that I've ever smelled. And it was not a single smell. It had, it, it you know, I'm thinking back on it, it, it had various components to it. And, uh, you know, besides the body odor, kind of almost a, a feces type smell combined with um, sweat, um, you know, a skunky, very cloying, like human skunk is the only way I could, I could really. A skunk man. So, yeah, like a skunk ape or a skunk man, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm wondering, uh, thinking back on that experience, it seemed like something that was naturally there, that the wind shifted possibly or the breeze shifted at the right moment so that, so that you know, myself and, and my buddy could smell it. But I'm wondering, I mean, could these actually be smells that are selectively uh, triggered on and off? Uh, are we, we dealing with something that is just a byproduct of the creature's presence, or is it actually 
a component that they're able to use. And like you just mentioned in the previous segment, you know, almost turn it on or off. You know, where do you go with that? How do, how do you uh, how do you feel about that? Do you have, have, is there any indications that you have that this could possibly be something that could be uh, turned on and off at will and possibly even uh, different aspects of a smell or, or combination of smells could be could be utilized as some sort of, uh, you know, willful defense mechanism? That's an excellent question. And to sort of give you some idea of my line of thought on that, I um, had to sort of backtrack a little bit to the UFO topic. Um, there was a gentleman by the name of Antonio F. Rulon who uh, wrote a, a one of the first papers on uh, UFOs and smells. It's a great work. Um, I recommend it in uh, the acknowledgement section of my book as like required reading, like a required companion piece for this book. But he, he put forth several hypotheses to describe the sort of possibilities of where smells and UFO encounters came from. You know, the environment, is it the object's effect on the environment? Is it purely from the object, you know, et cetera. So with this in mind, I sort of, I sort of developed a similar system for categorizing uh, Sasquatch smell reports. So the, the four main categories that we've got to look at are endogenous, intentional, which would be a scent gland, Endogenous, unintentional, which would be like some sort of Bigfoot body odor. Um, exogenous, intentional, which would be some sort of smell in the environment that's applied to the Bigfoot deliberately. Or exogenous, unintentional, which would be, you know, Bigfoot happens to sleep in a bunch of, you know, <laughs> in a dank cave that smells like, you know, sulfur. Or Bigfoot bathes in a, in a hot spring or something that smells like sulfur. So residual. Um, yeah, basically, all of these have been have been you know proposed at various at various um at various junctures. Um, so <laughs> there are some proponents of the exogenous intentional um hypothesis. Um, I know J.C. Johnson had a video a while back where he proposed that Bigfoot actually harvest the scent glands from skunks and rub them. I was going to mention that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's <laughs> that's, it's that's a really fascinating uh, possibility. It's an interesting, compelling possibility, and it's interesting in the fact that, like you know, sometimes we'll get the skunk smell overlaid with other smells. Um, so I definitely make a point to uh, to uh, to uh, you know address that. But as far as scent glands go, so the question isn't whether or not Bigfoot has a scent gland. If it's a mammal, it has a scent gland. Like we have scent glands ourselves. The real question is: a is it strong smelling, and b is it voluntary? Right. Usually, generally speaking, when we think of scent glands, we think of uh, the mustelids. So we think of minks and wolverines and skunks, etc., that have some sort of degree of, of uh, control over their particular you know physiology. But there are uh, there there is an emerging field of research of skunk gl- of skunk glands of scent glands rather in primates. Um, it's becoming very apparent uh, in recent research, like literally like <laughs> the past two years, three years. Um, where uh, big uh, well, Bigfoot gorillas have been noted to be able to control certain scents that they release um, in, uh, in 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 certain in certain contexts. So either you know uh, conversing with other dominant males or being frightened. But as far as a deliberately released scent gland, a del- deliberately controlled scent gland for a primate, the evidence is kind of sketchy. 
Um, and of course, then you have this other question that sort of arises, which is why would Bigfoot need us? Why, why would Bigfoot need to warn somebody away because they're, you know, eight or nine or 10 feet tall? <laughs> like, I think they can take care of themselves without just frightening something away with, with, um, with scent. Um, but you've got to look at you know you've got to look at the literature where sometimes they don't smell. Sometimes people will sit, will will notice that Bigfoot scent like suddenly hits them and suddenly goes away. Um, there there seems to be a very deliberate component to that. Um, I think part of the time this might be, you know, I'm on the fence as to whether or not Bigfoot is a, a biological entity or something stranger. And I think part of the time um, it might be one answer. In my, my, the, the scent gland hypothesis might be correct. But um, some of the other time, I think that there might be something stranger going on. Yeah, and you know the whole idea of being able to control um, not only the very idea that uh, Bigfoot can control the types of smells that emanate from them um, is very intriguing. Uh, I don't really see enough evidence in the uh, you know the literature to make a determination like that, but based on just a handful of cases that I've, I've been involved with, um, which didn't involve uh, smell and my own personal experience, I think it would be very, very difficult to determine that. But, you know, the very idea that an animal could selectively emit um, various qualities of odor or types of odor is, is intriguing. And I think it deserves uh, some attention. Well, you know, even stranger, I'm sorry, I was just, even stranger, some people have com- like, cited numerous smells in the same encounter. So it's almost like they have this sort of, you know, database of smells to choose from, which would explain the, you know, the uh, discrepancies between different encounters. But um, there's well, definitely not, about a, there's not a biological... I'm not familiar with that. Um, yeah, so, so there's, there's not a biological precedent for that, um, <laughs> you know, at all. Um, but uh, there was a case, I believe it was... Um, Oh geez, um, I'm trying to think. It was in a Christopher, it was in a Christopher Knowles book, um, not Knowles the uh, not Chris Knowles the uh, <laughs> the the guy who runs the uh, Secret Sun blog, but uh, Christopher Noel is his name, or Noel. Um, there was a Sasquatch habituator who said that while mowing her lawn. She like got the body odor smell. She got the skunk smell. She got the dead the dead body smell in quick succession. You um, know what? I'd be running out of there real quick. We've got to do our break, and then we'll look <laughs> right. more about odors from mowing the lawn with Gene and Chris and Joshua. You're in the podcast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Has neck, back, or shoulder pain got you down? Go to sunshine-pillows.com and get soothing comfort, support, and pain relief fast. Their microwavable heat therapy pillows and wraps treat neck and shoulder pain, reduce stress, and relax the soul. An ergonomic pillow from Sunshine Pillow supports your head and neck on long trips or when simply resting at home. Be good to yourself. Visit sunshine-pillows.com. Sunshine-pillows.com. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. My name is Lee and I'm 41. I've been using One World Wave for two and a half years now. I suffered a bulged L4 and L5 disc from a car accident three years ago, and since that time I've been unable to walk long distances, do any minor lifting or just normal activities with my children without having severe back pain. Since I've started using One World Way, I've been able to walk more, engage in activities with my children, and have less lower back pain. One World Way has helped me regain back my strength, confidence, and have a healthier life. I've noticed a weight loss of about 20 pounds, my A1C dropped 2 points, and I have more energy now. One World Way has helped me regain back my life. The results for clients on One World Way have surpassed the results for most any other supplements as well as all other whey protein powders. One World Way is non-denatured and frequency encoded. We believe the frequency encoding increases your body's production of glutathione and energy production. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Warning, if you've recently declared bankruptcy, you're going to want to change the station. Because there's an alternative to bankruptcy and it could be faster than you'd ever think possible. But if you've already declared bankruptcy and have missed this opportunity, you'll want to change the station now. Here it is. Right now, the company that has resolved more credit card debt than anyone in the U.S. may be able to settle your debt too. You could reduce your debt with one low monthly program payment. If you call right now and qualify, Freedom Debt Relief will show you how low your monthly program payment could be for free. Call now, 1-800-557-3965. That's 1-800-557-3965. If you're struggling with debt, this could be your answer. And the bigger your debt, the more money you could save. To find out for free how much of your hard-earned money Freedom Debt Relief could help you save, call now, 1-800-557-3965, Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future. And you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
Well, this is not the most malodorous episode of the Paracast ever. We've had some pretty screwy guests over the years. This is We've had some stinkers. Oh, we sure have. Boy, you're a real creative thinker, uh, Josh, to come up with uh, an angle that really has never been addressed before, uh, you know, as a body of, of inquiry. I, I do think you're on the right track, and I <laughs> I can't wait for, you know, how are you going to follow these, uh, these scent-oriented <laughs> works uh, up? Well, first we went from food to uh, smells, and I'm wondering where you're going to go next with this. Well, I love it. I, I feel painted into a corner in a bit. My, my next thing that I'd like to do would not be quite so broad topic oriented. Um, I've kicked around the idea of a Lyle Blackburn-esque investigation of the Kelly Hopkinsville goblins. Oh, mm-hmm. I think that, I think that that's a case that's worthy of its own long form treatment. But um, yeah, again, the idea is like to, to, to take a look and be like, what's a subject that's been covered in a lot of chapters and books, but nobody has ever dedicated a book to it. This is the, the next big giant bullseye that I saw. That's for sure. We've been talking about a lot of uh, rather questionable uh in terms of uh, positive or negative I, there are examples in the literature uh, especially uh, in the realm of religious miracles where you have the opposite you have the smell of roses you have uh perfume more pleasant smells that are associated with particular event or events you know the the smell of roses is one that's always intrigued mm-hmm. me you know the whole idea of of um you know, stigmata, uh, as often has been described, as having the scent of roses. Um, have you encountered uh, any sort of research that would kind of uh, a leg up on why that is? Absolutely. I mean, so <laughs> there's this concept in olfactory research that is called hedonics, which is the idea that the, the associated feeling or sensation with a scent. So garbage evokes revulsion, unless you're a garbage man. And it invokes, you know, the <laughs> cha-ching, the scent of money. Bacon invokes hunger, unless you're a vegan, in which case it, you know, evokes some um, revulsion again. So it's interesting to see how the disposition of certain entities correspond with these hedonic associations. So to that end, you do find like there, like literally less than two cases I ever found where Sasquatch smells pleasant. Um, there are plenty of cases where contactees, especially of the Orfeo Angelucci um, and uh, Adamski, I know that's not really <laughs> germane, but it kind of is, variety tend to say that, you know, these space brothers that they contacted smelled wonderfully. So again, you see these, these correspondences where pleasant entities tend to smell pleasant. One of the most prevalent cases that I found was a recently canonized uh, ver- uh, expression of the uh, Virgin Mary, Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, that was just recently canonized um, and authenticated by the, the Holy See in May 2008, which was um, Our Lady of Laos, L-A-U-S, um, a region in France. Um, it doesn't get a lot of uh, publicity because most of the literature on it is in French, um, but there was a... Uh, Young girl who in 1664 claimed to have met the Virgin Mary, and uh, she was told to go to the town of Laos and find a chapel from which a sweet perfume came. And it was the odor of roses and flowers. And it was documented by uh, people of the time to the extent that, like, you know, people were encouraged to, you know, build sculptures. And and, 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 and to this day, people are discouraged from bringing flowers into the actual um, side of the church because they're afraid that that will conflict or or make people misidentify the the fragrance of the flowers with the fragrance of the blessed virgin mary um so you find these pleasant scents 
in almost every BVM encounter, Blessed Virgin Mary encounter, um, and you find them in a lot of um, feminine ghost encounters. Now, what I find interesting personally um, is the fact that, again, this idea of hedonics and this idea of associations and this idea of smell, like, it really sort of deceiving us. And if you were in an abandoned hotel and you smell perfume, you say, oh, it was a nice lady. If you're in an abandoned hotel and you smell a cigar, you say, oh, it was a man. But women of ages past smoke just as much, much as men and men of ages past have, have used cologne just as much as women have used perfume. So it's interesting. I think it says a lot about like what we bring to the dance to quote Greg Bishop on this, um, what we bring to the dance in terms of our experiences to these sort of Magonian phenomena. That's true. Um, and it, 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 it goes right back into that whole idea of how smells can, can subtly or blatantly influence um, how uh, we respond or how we react to a particular event. Um, one one element that I've always been intrigued by is the Tom Robbins book, Jitterbug Perfume, where, uh, you know, it's a fictional book, obviously a novel, but um, it's all about Pan uh, trying to uh, stop from disappearing from reality. He's being forgotten. Um, he's becoming passe. And a perfumer or I'm not sure what that term is, but uh, this woman, I, if I remember correctly, uh, figures out that um, that Pan, his his scent is actually a fix a fixative that will um, help uh, a particular combination of scents last longer. Like uh, for hundreds of years, um, <laughs> sperm whale puke or ambergris was used as a as a fixative. Uh, to um, to fix the smell, the combination of smells for for perfume, and it's a it's a really fascinating book, uh, just as a novel. But but the whole idea of of uh, you know a, a ambergris or some sort of fixative in a in a combination of smells that would would keep them combined. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, if I got this right. But um, that whole concept to me is is very intriguing, and uh, the whole idea that you know, for the for the sake of those who haven't read the book, that pan, which is, you know, kind of a, a fairly neither positive or negative, generally with a negative connotation, should uh, have this. Uh, it's a Tom Robbins book called Jitter Perfume, and uh, it talks about pan disappearing from the modern world and uh, uh, a perfumer uh, finding out that his scent actually is a fixative for uh, combining uh, pleasant scents into a perfume, similar to the way ambergris was used, um, uh, sperm whale puke was used for generations to, uh, as a fixative for perfume. The whole idea of, of combining scents and then allowing them to last as a combination uh, <laughs> with the rut smell of pan, uh, it's very intriguing to me. <laughs> And uh, it does lead me on to to a couple of other um, subjects. But uh, are you familiar with how perfumes are made? Uh, the fact that perfumes I, I've heard were devised initially by the French to hide the smell of body odor because uh, it was considered unhealthy to bathe and shower in the Middle Ages, and perfume was a an obvious way uh, to get around the uh, the stink of unwashed human bodies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting that you mentioned that. I'm looking at a book on my shelf called Scent. It was translated from French 
it's a it's a work by Enric Ligerer, um, which is a wonderful, wonderful book. It's in some ways it's partly the book that I wanted to write because a lot of it interfaces with how Slint and the Occult mash together. But um, one of the things that they talk about, you know, are the way that uh, fixatives have been utilized. For example, civet, the scent glands from civet cats, I believe, um, has been used uh, to great effect in perfumes. Uh, similarly, you know, people don't want to realize that a lot of their artificial vanilla flavors contain beaver anal scent gland excretions as well. Um, oh, nice, but um, yeah. So it's, it's so there was this this we we look at a we look upon it as sort of uh, dunderheaded <laughs> nowadays. Um, but in the um, in the 1700s, people came up with this idea of miasma theory, the idea that bad smells could actually cause actual afflictions to occur, which if you look at something like hydrogen sulfide that actually has real repercussions, it's not too far off the mark, I suppose. But like the actual smell itself isn't what hurts you. Um, but, you know, by comparison, if bad smells have have qualities that actually make you sick, then, you know, <laughs> good smells or, you know, in a lot of cases, people would bite fires to sort of cleanse the air would have a positive a positive effect on people. This announcement um, also has a positive effect on people, they tell me. With Joshua, Gene, and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy we've got like i guess 60 or so different items and entails t-shirts sleeves for notebook computers ipad cases mouse pads the paracast jumbo tote bag all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women we have a paracast aluminum water bottle all this stuff you go to store.theparacast.com store.theparacast.com what makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. Diabetes is at war with your circulatory system. Fight back with Cardivite. Cardivite is a dietary supplement containing powerful herbs for circulation and healthy cardiac function. Improve your energy, stamina, and mental acuity. Reduce swelling, cold hands, and risk of amputation. Get your blood flowing with Cardivite. This five-star rated product was developed by a diabetic pharmacist and is available online at www.getbloodflowing.com. That's www.getbloodflowing.com. 
Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE, GSM, and Sprint networks. Introducing PIX Wireless. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, or unlock GSM phones with PIX and choose from an arsenal of monthly plans or build your own. Starting at only $2.99 per month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PIXWireless.com, spelled P-I-X-Wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. ProPure water filters, making water great again. Taste and feel the difference with state-of-the-art filter technology. Pro1 G2.0 and ProMax filters are independent lab-tested to NSF standards. Choose from gravity, countertop, pitcher, shower, and inline filtration products. There's a ProPure for you. Buy risk-free today. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. We continue. Chris O'Brien, by the way, is having his usual difficulties with Skype, so... If he seems to be a little distorted, it's not the logic because his logic is never distorted. It is the horrible Skype connection that we have to continue to put up with. Joshua Cutchin is here and we're looking at strange sense. So let me ask you here, since we focus so much on nasty odors, do pleasant odors have a curative effect? Well, not in a, not in a, uh, you know, 20th century outlook. I mean, certainly they have a, um, they can they can have a relaxing effect, but there is certainly the implication that, well, again, as we've been talking about, you know, throughout the course of the conversation, the possibility that certain odors might be used for deceptive purposes. Um, you know, as far as pleasant odors go, I'm, I'm reminded of um, Whitley Strieber's encounter with the visitors, where he asked to smell them to sort of reinforce uh, his his objective reality of their existence and they smelled like cinnamon. But what's interesting to me is that over time he has come to reevaluate that particular smell. And look, I'm a Whitley Strieber apologist. Like I think something happened to the guy. I think he's expressing that to the best of his abilities. I know that might not be a popular review on the Paracast, but that's sort of the way, sort of where I come at it from. Um, but it is troubling that he has reevaluated the smell because over time it's gone from cinnamon to cheese 
to like I think maybe feet. I'm not not recalling correctly. Um, but you know, so a, a sort of decaying, damp smell. And if you look at anybody who studies scent psychology, olfactory psychology. They will say time and again that that doesn't happen. You smell something, you know what that smells like. You don't reevaluate it. That's your smell, um, which you know. But but at the same time, you do wind up. You do uh, run into other people who have encountered this sort of cinnamon esque smell with with certain ent- entities. Cinnamon esque. A new fragrance. I like, by- <laughs> I like I them. Too. Yeah, I do too. Well, uh, another thing too that. Um- most people probably don't really have much knowledge about is in the occult. Uh, certain smells are used uh, actually in a way uh, incense is used to crown a new head of state, a new uh, king or queen in England as uh, the same scent is used to um, I'm not sure what you call it when you make a new pope, uh, crown a new pope. Um, Abermelon, uh, which is a form of uh, incense from the Middle East, which is a combination of frankincense, uh, myrrh. Um, I'm not sure there's two or three other ingredients, but I find it very curious that you should have a very similar, if not the same, scent that's used in a ritual occult purpose to anoint a new head of, uh, you know, a church, a school, a kingdom, or whatever. Uh, have you looked into the occult and how uh, smells are actually utilized in occult practices. Well, I think you sort of have to. Um, something that something that I'm trying to encourage more is this is this uh, cross pollination of people who look into what are traditionally considered materialist supernatural issues like structured craft UFOs and flesh and blood Bigfoot, and trying to get those people to you know play ball with the, with the occult people because I think they're both onto something that they could mutually benefit from. Um, what's interesting is that you'll find, believe it or not, that sulfur um, can not only conjure up demons but can also be used um, to bind demons, if you can believe that at all. Um, you know, incense sort of... So this is sort of the this is sort of the uh, the intersection with my last book, A Trojan Feast, is that there was this idea that in order to um, transmit food to the other, you had to burn it because in burning you transmitted the essence of the food into smoke, which would then rise to the heavens and do its own thing. Which has a lot of parallels with the uh, Celtic concept of foison, the idea that the essence of the food could be taken by the fairy folk. But beyond that, you also find that. Um, this is sort of the one of the genesis. Is genesis the plural of Genesis? <laughs> one of the genesis of um, of using incense in occult practice is that it's sort of a a variation on the burnt offering because instead of you know in, in, in instead of combusting flesh, you're combusting you know essential oils and plants, um, and it's all about that sort of set and setting sort of thing that you run into. So what you will find is that um, is that Certain cultures will will use, for example, I believe that there's a uh, there's a uh, a spell of, of of binding certain demons that you have to involve uh, putting sulfur into a box and then writing the name of the demon on the box and then the demon is bound to you. Um, but you also find I believe it was called the curse of chains. Um, they would sort of put the name of the entity on a scrap of parchment and then 
uh, put it in put it in a box with with sulfur and some other stuff. But you also find uh, in the American South, sulfur amongst black slaves um, was used to fashion witch balls, is what they were called, which were supposedly um, these sort of balls that were like animal feces and human semen and spit and sulfur and foxfire and camphor. Not exactly the, the, something you'd want to smell. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, tasty. <laughs> but supposedly they kept. But supposedly they kept witches away. So I mean, you'll find, um, you know, there there are um, certain. I believe that was um, there was a there are certain Eastern European beliefs that a, a, a jar of urine might keep uh, sleep paralysis away if you put it under your bed. Ironically enough, it it it, it comes to you know it's it's come to the attention of modern science that foul smells can be registered in sleep and often invoke nightmares. So that doesn't seem like a good course yeah. of action. But if anybody's looking for any practical advice, um, what I've heard um, from someone that I really admire, um, chaos magician Gordon White, who has influenced a lot of the way that I think be a great guest for the Paracast at some point says that in terms of just in modern day, day to day life, frankincense is a great way to just clean out the house, which sort of uh, takes back to what you're talking about, uh, Chris, with the coronation of of certain popes. Um, I guess coronation again, is the right term, but the nuclear option for anyone looking to cleanse a house really isn't sage. It's dragon's blood, which is a specific type of incense as well, I believe. Well, the best way to clean out a house is just to burn it down, I guess. (laughs) Or to leave. It's, 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 it's that 15 yeah, minute mark. In the mark every- Steinberg world, yeah. Well, you know, you can also get a Samsung Galaxy Note 7 and give it a chance, fully charge it, and maybe it'll burn up. Well, there you go. That was a plug for iPhone, if I ever heard one. I saw um, a meme today that said that uh, that ancient cavemen used to use the Samsung Galaxy to light fires. <laughs> there you go. It was really easy to well, do that. Real hot stuff. One thing that I think that we should point out is smell and sense do have a cultural component and what may smell bad in one culture could possibly not be considered as 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 foul smelling in another culture number one and number two as we have progressed uh forward in time uh smell has become less and less uh apparent and i think humans have um, in many ways, uh, more sensitive noses now because of the rise of antibacterial soaps and all kinds of, of perfumes and, and things that mass smell, things that clean you. I think back in the Middle Ages when people weren't washing, when uh, you know open sewers ran through uh, towns, cities, and villages, uh, when slaughterhouses were open air, I think people back then were – I think more used to foul smells as opposed to now, at least in the first world where, you know, in the modern cultures where smell tends to, or bad smells tend to, you know, be much more apparent, I think in everybody's uh, everyday life. And, and again, I think that we're dealing with something that, um, you know, there's a lot of, well, I think we have a lot of variability. Back in the back in ancient times, or maybe up to medieval times, smells were, I, I think, not as, um, you know, they just they were a part of everyday life uh, yes. in the modern mm-hmm. era. Okay, the book is called, in case you're wondering, and we've mentioned it a few times, the Brimstone Deceit. Whoa. All about the strange odors, the malodorous entities from another planet, all sorts of strange things going on there. It's never strange to tell you that we have the PowerCast Plus at plus.thepowercast.com, where you get the commercial-free version of this show, the After the PowerCast podcast, 
and all sorts of good stuff. None of it smells. It's very fresh and clean. Now, the PowerCast Plus is a real special thing because of the fact that it can take us to places that we can't go on a network radio show. We could use language. We could add music and other features that we're not able to do. So it makes it a really, really unique show. It features color commentary, discussions about all sorts of things. And sometimes on occasion, we feature a guest from the PowerCast or a different guest at a low subscription rate. So once again, it's called the PowerCast Plus. Go to plus.thepowercast.com. Once again, that's plus.thepowercast.com. More odorous stuff to present with Joshua Cutchin and Gene and Chris. You're in Bad Sushi. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Are you living your passion? Are you pumped to go to work because you get to talk about or work with or do the things that interest you the most? Is working, playing, and relaxing one and the same? As long as you're working for someone else, you'll never be living entirely true to yourself and your passion. I'm Pharmacist Keith. Let me show you how you can work around your current schedule, create the extra income so you can live your passion. Visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Radio.recordedvideo.com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I don't like sushi, so to me, all sushi is bad. And now, of course, any sponsor who wants to sell sushi on the show... Well, you know what? If you do, I'll learn to like it. Hey, sushi was great pre-Fukushima, and now <laughs> I have to well, avoid that. Fukushima, yeah. I can't have sushi anymore. My favorite cuisine 
I got to get one of those special food grade Geiger counters to be able to go buy buy uh, sushi, you know, grade fish. Unfortunately, very, very, very uh, disturbing. Ugh. Speaking of sushi, I think that there should be. Uh, are we back on here, Gene? We've been back on. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think dating sites should have a way to somehow capture a particular pr- perspective, uh, somehow capture their, their natural scent. And, uh, you know, I found that um, with some of the limited research I've done with, with, with smell and, and odors, that particular people tend to be attracted to particular sets of pheromones emitted by the opposite sex. So what you may know, turn on one woman about a mm-hmm. man is totally disgusting to another woman, and vice versa. What may turn on uh, a guy about a, a particular woman uh, would be uh, unattractive to somebody else. So you know, you're doing you, a lot of subjective uh, <laughs> qualities here when, when you're dealing with something like scent, which is almost a, a personal thing when, when you get into the nuances. Um, what does your girlfriend smell like, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you quasi-jest, but there are um, certain websites that apparently collect the laundry of people and then ship them to prospective suitors, actually, Ew. that have happened. Sort of evolved out. Well, but but this isn't like basically like, you know. Uh, That's a great idea. Because you got pheromonal activity at play and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, um, my my wife smells like perfume, I guess. This is going to sound sort of say freshly scrubbed or something. <laughs> no, no, this is this is going to sound this is gonna, this is going to sound worse than it is. But my wife smells like a bed, not like in that sort of like yeah, a bed, but like you know, sort of in that like comfy, I'm relaxed sort of like let's lay down and just close our eyes and feel safe. Um, Clean sheets. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I have an investigator friend uh, who I've known for many years who was in charge of the telephone uh, room at Victoria's Secret. And uh, for many years, she ran a, a, a bank of, uh, you know, people answering the phone uh, for that particular company. Panty sniffers. Oh, when God. they would get returns from customers, uh, they would have actually teams of people that their job was to sniff panties to make sure that they had not been been worn and uh, returned after a particular Night out. I'm not sure. Right, we're getting into kind of some sketchy territory here in terms of the FCC. But, but could you imagine that particular job? Well, what do you do, Frank? Well, I smell panties uh, at the return desk at uh, Victoria's Secret. I bet there's a very specific demographic that is out, lined up out the door for that. I mean, you know, you, you, you look at – again, this is as far as I'll take this because, again, the FCC. But um, there are apparently vending machines in Japan that sell used underwear. So what I've heard. Yeah, yeah there are. I, 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 I think it, we probably saw the same article. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, we're getting into some uh, kind of uh, – Blue territory, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's um, we're getting into kind of sketchy territory here, but I think my point is that um, people are attracted to particular scents, particular smells, and repelled by others. However, when you get into the realm of the paranormal, I think you can really break it down into, you know, most people, the vast majority of people would find a skunk ape uh, not a pleasant olfactory experience uh for lack of a better term um or you know, it's, it, go ahead 
I was going to say, you know, it's interesting because you had mentioned before the break um, about just the the uh, the non-universal aspects of what is smelly and what isn't. I mean, that's the reason that the military-industrial complex has not been able to completely codify a stink bomb. There have been some attempts at this, but certain cultures, like, you know, <laughs> certain cultures, if you look at any culture's food, like, <laughs> certain cultures think things are, are smellier than others. Um and uh, what's really interesting is that, like, a lot of these tendencies seem to be learned, um, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, as I mentioned earlier, like, the garbage man thinks that garbage smells like work. We think it smells like trash. Um, a vegan might think that bacon smells like death. I think it smells awesome <laughs> because I love bacon. Um, but uh, so a lot of these things are learned. But if there is one smell, and this is what I keep coming back to with, like, the whole paranormal angle, if there is one smell that seems to be universal in terms of aversion in terms of like realizing that this is something I should get away from. It's that, it's that sulfurous smell. It's that, that uh, hydrogen sulfide, that sulfur dioxide smell um, that sort of alerts us to the fact that this is dangerous. This is something that we shouldn't be around. So if, if there is a conscious component to the way that these particular phenomena smell in terms of them selecting a scent, it seems like they want to be noticed, you know? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, it, Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. completely derail you. It's something I haven't. Well, no, you're not. It's just reminding me that I, I have a problem with my well, and if I don't use a particular sink or or, or uh, faucet uh, during the summer for you know three or four days, uh, when I turn it on, I'm I'm assaulted with uh, kind of a sulfuric smell from the water, and it's very unpleasant. And I. You know, I've gotten used to it, but at the same time, you never really do get used to it fully. Uh, it's it's just you recoil from it, and whether that's you know, you know, I'm not sure if that's ingrained, learned, uh, programmed into my my subconscious, but I do I do recoil from that smell, that that kind of sulfuric. Uh, <laughs> yeah, smell. I, I, I get it. You know, my my wife, my wife is from Florida. Tough when you meet a woman and bring her over to the house and uh, tell her not. <laughs> That sink. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, my, my wife is from Florida, and I, I feel like Florida, as a state, has, um, has you know, hotel water, as I like to pejoratively yeah, refer to it water. as, you know. Okay. And uh, you know, she, I, I've talked to a bunch of people from like certain states, like Florida, that have kind of what I would consider subpar water, and they just they, they don't even realize it anymore. You know, they're just completely acclimated to it. Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix and Albuquerque have terrible water because it, it's very old, ancient, naturally desalinated uh, seawater that's been sitting there, you know, becoming more and more hard and mineralized uh, over millions of years of just sitting there. And Nestle actually wants to open a water bottling plant in the Phoenix area, which to me is the most <laughs> ludicrous thing I've ever heard. But number one, there's not enough water. And uh, to actually uh, <laughs> try to capitalize on uh, some of the worst water, I think, in a major well, metropolitan area in North America, you know, it's just, it blows my mind. But well, I digress. Well, this one fast thing. What a lot of these companies do is they use reverse osmosis systems to clean the water before it's bottled. But yeah, it is kind of strange that you get bottled water and you have no idea where it came from. Supposedly, the processing system would make them clean, I would hope. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, Chris, uh, about the bottled water. You, you do realize that uh, if water is bottled and sold in the same state, the FDA has no purview over that? 
Wow, I I yeah. did not know that. Um, say what you want to about the Randyites, Penn and Teller, um, but I did find their Showtime series. Um, <laughs> it's not it's it's not FCC <laughs> polite, but uh, BS is the name of their, their their Showtime series, and like they made fun of Nick Redfern on one episode, which obviously I don't I'm not a fan of, but oh, like sacrilege, sacrilege. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like Nick. Um, but there's um. There's uh there are some episodes of theirs that are quite illuminating. Their bottled water episode was was really was really entertaining in that respect. Well, they've they've uh, there's been some exposés about Desanti, uh, that particular brand. Uh, there's a number of brands that they literally just turn the tap on, fill the bottles up, and and use uh, you know city water and charge you more than uh, you know per gallon than you pay for gas. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what really gets my goal. Supposedly, they'll claim they run them through a processing system to clean up the water, but who the heck knows, really? We've got a lot more to come with Gene, Chris, and Joshua. You're in. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top flight image editing app with tons of features and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's L-E-M-K-E soft.de slash gene. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? 
Hi, I'm Preston Neely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call one 800 958 9256. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-9256. Call 1-800-958-9256. 1-800-958-9256. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time. Numana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only Numana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the Numana difference. America-made food stores all love to eat. Yum! We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Some people say the Paracast is going downhill, going to the dogs, smells. I don't agree with that. Chris, don't we have a few questions from listeners for Joshua? Uh, yeah, give me a second to dig them up here. Um, okay, just to let you listeners know, sometimes when we get news of a guest, most of the time we put up a thread in our forums at forum.thepowercast.com called Question Bank and gives you a chance to ask questions of our guests. And it's different, obviously, than interacting by phone. And we haven't done that because the logistics of trying to set up phone conversations when we're pre-recording this is a little bit difficult. Chris? Yeah, uh, a good question from Han, and we have not talked about this particular quality of of smell, but it's ozone. And he uh, says, I'm very interested in this subject because smells are so powerful in triggering memories. When I read the description of the show, I was instantly reminded of when I smelled lightning. Uh, To explain briefly, I was fishing when a lightning storm came. I instantly dropped my rod and took shelter under a bridge. Lightning struck very close, and the air was filled with an odor. My best attempt to describe the smell would be to say that it smelled very similar to when you hit one piece of flint rock against another. I know this is not paranormal, but I just wanted to say that when, uh, from my personal experience, that when a high amount of energy is released, an odor can be given off. And, And, of course, he's talking, I think, about ozone, isn't he? Is that, is that correct, Josh? Uh, are yeah, we talking about ozone? A hundred percent, absolutely. And this is um, <laughs> not paranormal, but entirely germane. Um, so there's been a longstanding conflation between sulfur and ozone. You'll find um, some old flying saucer review uh, articles where they say, people say that when they see UFOs, they've been smelling sulfur, but they're actually smelling ozone. Well, I kind of have to call that as sort of a, <laughs> a, a specious conclusion. Um, but... Um, but yeah, ozone is ozone is one of the more common uh, 
UFO smells. And the fact that people don't realize what ozone smells like um, sort of con- confuses the issue a lot because um, a lot of times we say it smells like burning wire or it smells peppery. Um, and uh, that's what you'll hear in cases. Um, so ozone doesn't appear at all in Sasquatch cases, obviously. But it does appear in not only UFO cases, but also um, certain spirit cases. Specifically in uh, seances where ectoplasm has been reported to smell like ozone or exorcisms. What's interesting about that is that <laughs> ozone will smell like Ozone will appear in an exorcism scenario after the uh, subject has been exercised, uh, which is interesting because, as we all know, ozone is a disinfectant. Ozone is used to remove smells. Ozone is used to purify. Um, so <laughs> that's one aspect of it. But if you look at the ufological aspect of it, um, again, you have this conflation between sulfur and ozone. Like uh, ancient classicists, I believe Homer used to refer to lightning coming down from the sky and smelling like sulfur. So obviously you've got this conflation that has, has gone all the way through like Ben Franklin has, has made this similar mistake. Um, but you will find plenty of cases where people tend to smell ozone. What's really interesting to me is that a lot of these cases tend to, um, coincide with cases where people have seen blue or purple, um, Light. Now, ozone is not only produced by, you know, the uh, stripping of certain molecules with lightning strikes, electrical discharges, but it's also photochemical. Um, and, and basically what that means is that, you know, when we see when we see the arcing of electricity, we're usually seeing the uh, the uh, uh, illumination of the air. Um, ozone can also be created by arc. Uh, ultraviolet light, which often has a purple or blue character. So it seems to suggest that whatever this is might possibly be producing ozone as a byproduct of its appearance in our atmosphere, which is interesting also when you um, compare, you know, the certain symptoms that people have when seeing UFOs, vague sunburn-like effects. Perhaps, um, perhaps the the object itself is, 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 is creating some sort of ozone field, which actually, believe it or not, shields people from um, even more intense ultraviolet effects. So actually, like, they're, they're lucky that they got off with a sunburn. But um, all of this is, tied, again, it's tied into this really confusing thing because a lot of people don't realize what ozone smells like in general. Um, what I do find interesting is that you'll find people who claim that um, meteorites will also smell similarly. The idea that something from space might actually have this sort of ozone, sulfur, gunpowder-ish smell. Um, not that those, I think, are particularly similar, but you'll find people conflating these different ideas. So it's, again, it's part of this 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 uh, tip-of-the-nose phenomena that I mentioned earlier, where you'll find people who are, who are confusing ozone with sulfur and vice versa. But ozone is definitely one of the uh, most common smells that you encounter. What's interesting to me too is that um, if you've ever heard of people talk about like fresh mountain air, the reason fresh mountain air smells fresh is because pine trees tend to exude um, volatile organic compounds, which interact with the atmosphere at that certain altitude and produce an excess amount of ozone. So then it comes into question. Well, (laughs) if people say that something smells like pine trees, does that uh, mean that they're smelling ozone? And believe it or not, um, there are cases where people have smelled pine trees or pine-like scents around UFOs. So it's, it definitely seems to suggest that ozone is at least, again, I don't think it's, I personally, from what I've, I've seen, I don't think that it's the most common UFOlogical smell, but it might be like the second most. Uh, I think that's, that's a very real possibility.
And one thing that kind of leaps out in my mind, I was working uh, for a video production company, and uh, they wanted to clean the air when they moved into a basement space uh, for, for a studio. And I remember the owner brought in an ozone generator. Uh, that he rented mm-hmm. somewhere, and he for, he forgot that he turned it on when we left. He was going to come back and turn it off. He forgot. When we came in the next morning, I'll never forget that smell. I I really never up to that point really could put my finger on what ozone smelled like. Well, I sure could yeah. after <laughs> walking into yeah. the studio. It had a very very distinctive smell, and uh, it it wasn't particularly unpleasant, but at the same time, it wasn't. It, <laughs> I suspect it wasn't that a if, cachet of, of pleasant smells either. Right. I, I suspect that if people, if more people were to have experiences like that, we would have a lot clearer idea of what they're smelling in certain UFO encounters. Um, because <laughs> it's it it seems like if, from everything I've, I'm, I, I'm sure that I've smelled ozone before. I don't know that I can put my finger on it, but I'm sure that if I smell it again, a I would realize it. But b, um, I don't think that's a very easy scent to like described to someone you can say like burnout electrical burnt out electrical wiring but that doesn't really seem to convey the nuances of of how ozone really smells yeah I, I, i'm as you're talking i'm, I'm trying to describe you're what that's trying smell to form was. a synth picture which is not <laughs> yeah it's very difficult uh and that brings up a point that we you know we really brought up very early in the show is you know the very uh aspect of of languaging and how it's used to describe smells very, very difficult. Uh, Not only that, but like it's the the fact that you cannot form a scent picture really does argue against the use of hypnotic regression to describe smells. We've got Um, more to come and not just smells with Joshua, Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative 
to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You were saying, Joshua, that in terms of things like hypnotic regressions of abductions, that the issue of smell is difficult to talk about? It is. Um, there is a certain amount of the populace that will readily admit that they cannot form smell pictures. I believe it's like 40% of the populace will admit that. And, and, and uh, scientists and psychologists are pretty certain that a lot of people can't really form scent pictures, quote unquote, in their mind. A lot of times if you form a scent picture, you're more often than not forming either a, your emotional or physiological reaction to it, or uh, be like, well, I guess, physiological like just in terms of like the way that you're 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 uh you know if something seems accurate and it stimulates your again trigeminal nerve you might remember that particular aspect um so yeah so that brings up a lot of questions in terms of how we should treat smells remembered under hypnotic regression um for me 
I tend to <laughs> I tend to take in as much data as I can unless something smells pardon the pun smells really bad I discard it. Um, for me, I, I tend to think of myself as almost like a a folklore a folklorist who has a strong urge to say what if. <laughs> um, but uh, I mentioned earlier the Antonio Rulon uh, study of UFO smells, and he actually threw out smells retrieved under hypnotic regression for this very reason: is because you know we can't really recreate that in our mind, and if we can't recreate it in our mind, we probably would not have a very fruitful result of trying to you know re-engage those sensations under hypnotic regression. This has nothing so. to do with anything, maybe. But I remember as a child, maybe eight or ten years old, going through a period where everything had a foul odor. And I think sulfur, maybe. But this went on for a period of time and then disappeared. But I never had anything that I'd perceive as a paranormal experience, or maybe I'd forgotten it all. Yeah. Well, you know, or maybe it sounds it's like your first girlfriend. This was a little before the first girlfriend. <laughs> It sounds like you had a brief uh, flirtation with what is called cacosmia, which is the unpleasant interpretation of pleasant smells. Um, again, there, there are various uh, psychoneurological conditions that people experience regarding smell. Anosmia is the inability to smell. Dysosmia is a distortion of smell, so you're misinterpreting smells. Phantosmia, as we talked about earlier, was the smelling of smells that aren't there. And cacosmia is the unpleasant interpretation of smells that everyone else considers pleasant. So it sounds like you had a little bit of misfiring there, perhaps. Well, that and living in Brooklyn. (laughs) Oh, it wasn't so bad. Hey, when I lived in Brooklyn, I was right above a uh, a bagel and Bialy shop. I'll tell you, yeah, that was the nicest smelling place I ever lived. Every morning, oh, that God, smells awesome. Man. Sounds awesome, yeah. Oh man, when they were when they were cooking those bagels, uh, even the garlic bagels smell good when they were cooking them. Those are the old but, fashioned uh, union based bakers from New York. There was a Bagel yeah, Baker's yeah. Union. And a friend of mine yeah. told me once that if you got into that union, and I suspect it no longer exists, if you got into that union, you had a job, a guarantee of a job for life with a decent pay. Well, I never well, heard the, from him again, though. The, the flip side to that is the first time at the mall in Flagstaff, Arizona, um, you know, I was going to buy a pair of sneaks or something, and... Uh, I always wonder what that factory was uh, just upwind of the mall. And uh, unfortunately, the wind was blowing in the wrong direction that day. And much to my horror, that factory was the Purina dog chow plant. Oh. And, uh, oh, you know, I've, I've <laughs> cooking puppy chow and rendering animals rivals any pulp mill in almost any feedlot that I've ever been exposed to. It was disgusting. I'll, I'll see your, uh, your food chow, um, your dog chow experience and, and raise it to um, going to school at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, which oh, I, have a great, <laughs> I, have, I have a great place in my heart for. But um, no, actually, it wasn't the cheese thing. It was they, oh. they have dairy. They have, so it's Madison sits on an isthmus. So it's between two lakes. Um, and they have dairy farms, dairy barns, rather, on one of the lakes. And there were some days where that smell would come off that dairy barn. You would spend all day walking to class looking at the soles of your feet because you're like, I must have stepped in something. What did I step in? Where is it? <laughs> Doing the two-foot shuffle. Like, ah, oh, no, that, that smells like, yeah, yeah. That happened from time to time. 
This yeah. show is just taking us to the edge, crossing the edge, yeah. going over the edge. Chris, are there some more questions? Yeah, I have a really good one here. Uh, this is from Wade, uh, who has been a longtime faithful poster at forum.theparacast.com, where our listeners get a chance to uh, post questions for our guests. And in this case, Joshua, you're on the... Uh, <laughs> We'll see if you pass the smell test on this one. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is boy. interesting. I've, I've never heard this. You may have uh, maybe a leg up on this situation. And uh, according to Wade, he's not even sure where he found out this information. But uh, I'm going to throw it at you. Yeah, just just repeat oh, Wade's question. and that'll, that'll, Just repeat Wade's question. That'll probably cover it. Yeah. In regards to the sulfuric smell that is reported to be associated I read somewhere that it would be possible to transform oxygen into sulfur, but it would require an energy source that is currently far beyond our current capabilities. And he puts 2 billion volts with a question mark. Uh, Even if there is a foreign energy source that could somehow be introduced into our environment that could explain this smell, wouldn't such a source manifest, manifest itself in another way that would draw attention to its effects? Now, have you ever heard that, that you can actually transform? I, yeah, I actually have. Um, so, so this is sort of tying to that thing that Keel thought, that you could produce hydrogen sulfide by, um, by manifesting some sort of amount of energy in our current reality. Um, I don't put a lot of stock in that, but um, Emmanuel Velikovsky in his uh, book in, in, the, in the beginning, which I believe was never published, mentions that, you know, so Velikovsky was sort of the father of the electric universe theory. And he, he, he suggests that sulfur could be generated from pure air via an electrical discharge. But like the amount of the amount of power that we're talking about would be like would rival current modern particle accelerators. Um, so. That's not out of the question for what an advanced civilization could could uh, could implement, but it doesn't. Again, for the reasons that Wade mentioned, um, it doesn't seem like it would it would be an inconspicuous event. Um, and again, like this is all very, from my understanding of it, it's all very theoretical. Um, so I don't really put a lot of stock in that particular suggestion, although I have heard of it definitely. Well, that's a new one on me. I had no idea that you could do that. Uh, well, you, you, you've got to look at like you've got to look at like the the prevalence of sulfur in the universe. I mean, I believe that it's like it's in the top five most common elements in in the entire universe. Um, so there's no shortage of sulfur in general. Um, right. But to to suggest that a discharge, I think you would. <laughs> Let me put it this way. I think you would smell a lot of other things with a discharge that large before you'd smell sulfur. You know, like your right. hair singed. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, too. Uh, you'd go through a whole, probably a gamut of smells before you got to that point. But, well, I figured I'd throw that one out there because it's an interesting concept. But here's, here's another question from Han, uh, Harry Newton. And this is a good one. Uh, he kind of put on a stinking cap for this one. Uh, have you looked into Have you looked into smells that can scare off or drive away spirits, 
And do you know if any if there are any smells that can do the opposite? Ooh. I think we touch on this Let, a little bit. Let's cover this in our next segment. Attract spirits, drive away spirits. Hmm. Some things I'd like to attract. That's another story. Gene, Chris, Joshua, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Investment Rarities, a 43-year-old company, has created the best silver offer ever. Get a U.S. Silver Eagle, Canadian Maple Leaf, Austrian Philharmonic, OPM Pierre Bar, and Silver Round. Have all five for $99 postpaid. You heard me right, five ounces of silver below cost. No credit card fees, free shipping. Just $99 and you'll have a great start on what it takes to survive even the worst economic storm. Act now and receive Jim Cook's exclusive paper explaining how it's possible to make a fortune in silver today. Don't miss this opportunity. Call 800-328-1860. Read how the above-ground supply of silver has dropped below even gold. The secret is being suppressed. The price could explode at any time. 
Call today at 800-328-1860. Get five ounces of silver for only $99. Find them on the web at investmentrarities.com or call 800-328-1860. Call now before it's too late. 800-328-1860. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. My name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. Okay, Joshua Cutchin, you're on the carpet for that one. <laughs> I'm on the hook. I feel like we sort of discussed this a little bit with the whole idea of frankincense in certain instances. Right. Instances, not instances, but instances. There's definitely a connotation that certain entities dislike certain scents and that's that's been common through occultism since antiquity actually okay but how about attract them um well you know we we talk about um the use of incense in certain occult settings in terms of like providing that set and setting for that particular event there is some literature out there and i didn't dive deep into the grimoires for this but there is some literature out there that suggests that sulfur Again, is um, is c- can actually have an attracting effect as opposed to a uh, repelling effect on entities from the other realm. So this this sort of dovetails into a into a larger issue, which I do talk about, which is the idea of sulfur in alchemical thought. So sulfur was part of the two contraries, uh, sulfur versus mercury, in ancient alchemist texts. And because of that, like you see this, you see this theme repeated throughout a lot of different cultures. Um, the yin yang is sort of a representation of this, and the fact that like some of the attributes of sulfur are present in mercury, and some of the attributes of mercury are present in sulfur. But what's interesting to me is that you find many philosophers who have been interested in the occult, many people like Carl Jung, have often equated supernatural phenomena to mercury in terms of like the mercurial ideal in alchemy so that means um being very fluid being um hidden being just slightly occulted underneath the reality of their day-to-day life but you haven't found a lot of people who compare paranormal phenomena to the sulfuric ideal of alchemy um so i find this to be sort of a, a certain dissonance right because the mercurial analogy works so well with supernatural phenomena, but the sulfuric analogy doesn't really work that well in general. Um, and yet you have things smelling like sulfur. So I think that's part of a <laughs> that's part of a larger rabbit hole that I would love to dive down, but um, I don't think we <laughs> don't think we have the time for right now. Right. Uh, and you could join Alice as she's uh, chasing after that white rabbit. I know <laughs> right. of a smell. I know of a smell that attracts uh, Bigfoot and it's supported in the literature. 
And that's the smell of, of humans having sex is an attractant I- to Bigfoot. Uh, we have a number of uh, cases, uh, including the DuPont monster case from Illinois, where teens uh, making out and having sex in, in parked cars in a particular uh, number of lovers' lanes uh, would attract, evidently, uh, the attention of Bigfoot. Uh, we had cases up here in the White Mountains of Arizona, five in a row, actually, where uh, couples engaging in sex uh, found themselves you know, looking at a peeping Tom uh, through uh, the open window. So that may be one example. Um, another example, well, maybe I, I shouldn't go there, but um, that could be one possible thing. So the, 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 the scent given off by humans uh, engaged in sex, whatever the pheromones and, and other uh, complex uh, <laughs> smells given off in that particular uh, act does have some possible correlation in the literature. No, that that's a great point, and I've heard that as well, too, um, this sort of <laughs> pervy Bigfoot aspect. Because of the nature of this particular research project, I didn't really delve into – it's sort of like the inverse of – a Trojan feast. Like a lot of people looked at that book and said, "Oh, so does it mean that aliens eat strawberry ice cream?" No, that's not. That's the other side of the of transmission, right? So I didn't really delve into that too much at this point, but um, but yeah, I've heard similar stories um at great length, you know, and and about uh, people in lovers' lanes, people, you know, having <laughs> sexual interactions during a flap in a particular area, seeing seeing Bigfoot. But to to me, to me, that sort of interfaces with a larger reproductive question, you know, like the, the whole uh, fairies have fairies substitute changelings and uh, aliens are interested in hybridization and Sasquatch is just a pervy peeping Tom as, as you will. So um, I think that's sort of, for me, I think it's more tied into that than actually the whole scent thing, but that there's a, that there's definitely a, a road to go down with that in terms of, you know, the scent of that act uh, perhaps being encouraging for Bigfoot to investigate. I've also heard menstrual blood as well. Um, I think that's less. Right. Find uh, less examples of that, but 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 there have been some people. Uh, I believe there was a, a group of all female big Bigfoot researchers who. Um, I believe it was an all big all female group of Bigfoot researchers that captured the Skookum cast. Is I might be misspeaking on that, but um, but, as I as I recall, that sounds a bit familiar. I totally forgot that detail, but wow, that would be uh, that would be interesting. I think that, I think I think that might be the case. I'm not sure, um, but I have heard of like a group of female Bigfoot researchers getting together to do the Bigfoot thing, in, in the hopes that their you know feminine scent might attract um, hmm. might attract Bigfoot. That's, it sounds, that's this all I mean, sounds so skeezy. Yeah. <laughs> Saying this aloud, it sounds so skeezy. <laughs> their feminine scent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always wondered why Dr. Scholes hasn't done an ad campaign featuring a hot and sweaty Bigfoot uh, and some sort of uh, anti-odor uh, sort of shoe insert. Yeah, they could just borrow the uh, Jack Link's beef jerky costume, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That was downwind of Denmark, that one. That was a little fishy. <laughs> now, we're not going to stop the puns here. We have time about a minute or a minute and a half. So, Joshua, where do you take your research from here? Is there a third book on this, or do you go somewhere else? Well, that's the big question. Like, I'm fascinated in this idea of, like, 
the the senses in how they interface with uh, with anomalous encounters. But um, I'm a bit hesitant to you know do like a, a, a sound book or you know a touch book because nobody wants to read a, a Trojan touch. I mean, you know, it's a little bit. Ooh. You know, Ooh. <laughs> um, oh, a Trojan so, touch. Oh, this is getting fascinating. Oh, don't stop, PT. Oh, that oh that feels good. But uh, but um, I, I don't want to be pigeonholed in this certain like sensory uh, uh, aspect. So I don't know. I'm kicking around a couple of different ideas. Um, again, that Kelly Hopkins, Hopkinsville goblins idea is just is sticking in my crawl uh, real hard. That is a um, good that that's a, a real good idea. And I, th- I think we're I think we're reaching the the end point of like I think the last witness is getting up there. So that would be a good point to. You know, engage. Um, but I'm Great kicking out a couple ideas right now. I'm just trying to focus on letting people know about this book because this was a lot harder than the last one. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. So that's that's sort of where I'm where I'm going from here. It passes the smell test, and he had to fumigate his home after writing this book. And that's not even true. <laughs> I don't think so. Joshua, can you tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff? Absolutely. I maintain an ill supported blog at joshua um i get I, I probably post a blog post once a month on there um but the best place to hear my ideas and thoughts is at the podcast where did the road go at where did the road go.com me and myself sarai Azkath, red pill junkie and michael hughes are the current roundtable contingent and uh you'll find me there on a weekly to bi-weekly basis you can find us on twitter look for the powercast the powercast is on twitter a pair of Paracast fan clubs exists on Facebook. No senses involved. But it does make a lot of sense. But not financially. We've got a special feature of the show called the Paracast Plus. To learn more about it, go to plus.thepowercast.com. That's P-L-U-S dot thepowercast.com. We offer a commercial-free version of the show. We offer the After the Paracast podcast. We offer lots of other stuff. Some more videos are coming. Show transcripts, special classic episodes. I'm a little negligent about putting those up, but I have a bunch. I'll put them up in the next week or two. That's plus.theparacast.com. Our price, cheap. This has been a fun show. No more smelly puns. Joshua Cutchin, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. My pleasure. I'd rather be a smart feller than a, oh, well, you get it. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>